Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this morning as we come before your word. We thank you for Resurrection Sunday. This is the hope. This is the bane of our Christian existence and Christian faith. Father, we just want to thank you. We thank you that when your son came, he resurrected to fulfill scriptures. Thank you that his body was not kept in shore, nor his soul in captive in hell, but he rose up again. We signified the turning point of our Christian faith. We give you praise, O oh Lord. May this not just be a celebration, but may this affect how we see you and how we serve you, O oh Lord, from today. In Jesus' name, amen. Please go with me to the book of Luke chapter 24, verse 46 to 49. Every year our presiding bishop gives us an Easter theme and our Easter theme this year is taken from Luke 24, verse 46 to 49, where this we, um, his, we are witnesses of his resurrection. So I just want to preach around the theme and I'm um, speaking on what I call because of his resurrection. Because of his resurrection. When I gave this theme, I really remembered my English teacher. <laughs> my English teacher said, you don't start a sentence with because. So I wonder if she'll be happy with me today. But anyway, Luke chapter 24, verse 46 to 49. To understand this scripture, you have to know that Jesus had resurrected. It was on the first day of the week. The Bible lets us know that there were women um, who went to go and put spices on the body. It was a custom during the Jewish um, times that when a body uh, dies, they normally embalm it. They, they put spices on it so that the body will be able to be preserved. Especially, and that is done for people who are men of renown, you know, because they don't let the body just go rotten. You know, for other people, you can just bury them and that, that's over. But, you know, people who are believed to be of men of certain stature, sometimes they want to preserve the body as long as possible. And that does not happen to everybody, but just people of certain standards. So people like Pharisees, kings, and, and, and people of repute are normally done that. So they decided to preserve the body. But fortunately for us, when they went, the Bible lets us know that they were very perplexed. They met an empty tomb. And the tomb was empty because Jesus Christ had resurrected. The Bible lets us know that whilst there, Jesus appeared to them. And Jesus quoted to them a scripture he said that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and on the third day he will resurrect. In fact, Jesus was quoting from one of the prophetic books called Hosea. Amen. So Jesus was just uh, saying that that scripture, that prophecy in Hosea has been fulfilled. And the Bible lets us know that the women who were going to do the embalming of Jesus' body were Mary Magdalene, Joanna married the mother of James and other women. You know, Mary is a very common name. So during, during Jesus' time, he hanged with a lot of women who were called Mary. That was not necessarily his mother. But the Bible says that when they went to tell 
the news to the disciples, some didn't believe. And the Bible lets us know Peter's reaction. The Bible says that Peter arose, he ran, just to go and check for himself. And when he went, the Bible lets us know that the tomb was empty. And the linen clothes were folded or lied there by themselves. That means Jesus indeed had resurrected. Now, while all this drama had gone on, the Bible lets us know that there were two of Jesus' disciples who were traveling to a village called Emmaus. And it's a seven-mile journey from Jerusalem. You know, Jesus was killed during a festive season. It was the season of Passover. So it was um, common knowledge and practice that when it was time, every Jew from every province will gather in the city of Jerusalem for a main event. And the event normally took place right up till Sunday. So they were going back. And whilst they were going back, the Bible lets us know that Jesus came in the midst of them, disguised himself. And whilst they were talking, the people were surprised because they were saying that, don't you know what has happened here? Uh, are you the only stranger in Jerusalem? Don't you know what happened during the weekend? The killing of one man, which has sparked many controversies and drama. Some say he is a saint. Others are saying he is not a saint. Some believe he is the son of God. Others don't believe in that. And, and what have you? Jesus' death, uh, I mean his crucifixion, his death sparked a variety of issues and debates. And the Bible says that whilst they were talking, Jesus now be, began to open the scriptures to them. And one of the disciples who was present out of the two was called Cleopas. Jesus decided to preach to them. And he began to expound to them the scriptures. The Bible says that as he did that, their eyes were opened and they came to know who Jesus was. So whilst Jesus was still in the process of ministering, he told them something which is of key importance to our sermon this morning. So verse 46, I read. Then he said to them, Thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem, and you are witnesses of these things. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. So Jesus here is not speaking as the crucified Jesus. He's not speaking as the dead Jesus or the ghostly Jesus. He is speaking as the resurrected Jesus. You have to understand one thing that Jesus did not become a ghost. He became resurrected with a body and with a spirit. And that was why when he resurrected, it was very important for him to tell them that, fill the imprints on my hands. Touch it and touch my side. Because Jesus wanted to show them that I am not just spirit, I also resurrected with a body. And now Jesus is saying something. 
that it is necessary for Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day. Christianity, the whole essence, the bane of Christianity is built on four important points. And that's why the Passion Week is worth celebrating. Christianity is built on the crucifixion, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Christ. Without these four central points, we don't have Christianity. So that's why the, the, the Paul says that in him we live, in him we move, and in him we have our being. The only reason why we can express that much freedom in our worship of Christ is because of these four central things. Now, Jesus is hereby admonishing the disciples that I have resurrected. Because of the resurrection, there are certain things that you will have to know. So, so when it comes to resurrection, it should not just be reduced to just celebrating on maybe a random Sunday on April or even maybe March because sometimes Easter might even fall on the last Sunday of March. Easter should not just be an event, but it should be something that should inform us of how we are supposed to live this Christian faith. Right here, you will see four things that have been made possible because of resurrection. Jesus rising from the dead was to make a statement about how Christianity should really be seen and how it should be pursued. The first thing Jesus talked about is repentance. Repentance is made possible by the avenue of resurrection. You know, when we talk about repentance, we are not talking about feeling sorry or feeling remorse. That is just half a definition of repentance. But we are talking about repentance. We are also talking about a changed mind. So the resurrection came so that we can have a changed mind. So whenever we preach the gospel, the gospel has power to change our mind. And what is it changing our mind? It's changing our mind about what is the truth. Or who is the truth? In times past, you would have taken certain heroes of the Bible as truths. In times past, you would have taken gods that may be your family worship, or gods that are in your house, or gods that are in your nation, as the source of salvation. But the resurrection of Christ has come to change that truth, to let us know that Jesus is the epicenter of our salvation. Jesus is the epicenter of our soul because it's through him that everything flows. Change our mind. Change your mind of where you receive your source of joy. Change your mind from where you receive your source of peace. Because of his resurrection, repentance has to be preached. And that's why when we read 2 Peter chapter 3, the Bible lets us know that God is not slack as some people will count slowness. You know, there are some people who think the Lord is slow because they've heard the common phrase, the Lord is coming soon or Jesus is coming soon and he's not coming. During the World War II, books were written, Christ is coming like right now. He didn't come. When it was September 11, even in our contemporary times, people were saying that Christ is coming right now. Even now, the, the whole disturbance between 
Russia and Ukraine now is even letting people give certain commentaries that the Lord's coming is at hand and it's nigh. And it's true. The Lord's coming has always been nigh because the Lord doesn't count days like human beings count days. The, Lord, the Lord's coming is always nigh. But if you read Second Peter chapter 3, verse 9, the reason why the Lord has not come is because he is long-suffering and he's patient. Why? Because he wants all of us to come to a place of repentance so that no one will perish. Repentance, that means he wants the whole world to come to a place where their mind will change concerning who gives salvation. Their mind will change concerning who will give peace. Their mind will change concerning who gives satisfaction and who gives fulfillment. Until we are able to put this agenda across, we are making the celebration of resurrection useless. Christ was risen on the third day so that we can preach mind change. I really enjoyed today's Bible study. It is possible for us to give a, 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 a source, which is the word of God, which promotes mind change, even among our colleagues. Repentance, it has to be preached. People have to know who is God. People have to know who is the truth. People have to know who gives eternal life. There are some people who think drugs can give eternal life. Being a celebrity can give eternal life. Uh, being, being engaged in certain vices can give eternal life and pleasure. But none of these things can give pleasure except Christ. A mind change. We need to preach this to people who have no idea that when Christ died and when he resurrected, he has promoted the concept of repentance so that we will change people's minds about where they seek pleasure. We will change people's minds about what they call life. We will change people's minds about what they call salvation and what they call true peace. There are some people who have attached peace to having a lot of money. And yes, they may have succeeded in having a lot of money, but that peace is elusive. It is up to us to preach to them for them to change their mind that it is not in the abundance of possessions that you can receive peace, but receiving Christ as your Lord and personal Savior, who is the Prince of Peace, shall give you peace that will garrison your heart and your mind. Repentance has to be made known. Why, has, why must repentance be made known? It has to be made known because of resurrection. So today, Christ resurrected so that repentance will be broadcasted and will be noised abroad. It's not a message that should be kept in silence. It's not a message that should be mysterious. It is a message that should be open to all. Repentance. The second thing is remission of sins. Christ was crucified, died, and resurrected. That remission of sins will be published, will be broadcasted, will be made known. Oh, and what's remission of sins? Remission of sins is Christ has forgiven us our sins. And if he has forgiven us our sins, we do not walk guilty, we do not walk condemned, and we do not walk ashamed. Most people battle with shame. Most people battle with condemnation. 
Most people battle with guilt. And normally when you look down to the root of it, it might be because they don't have the resolve or the resolution that God has indeed forgiven them of all their sins. Because once you are able to take care of that, your sins are forgiven. The devil has lost his hold over you with guilt, with condemnation, and with shame. And guilt, condemnation, and shame are tools and weapons of the enemy. So Christ resurrected so that the, the public knowledge of the forgiveness of sins will be made known, not just to a few people. It should be made known to everybody. It should be made known to people who are still wallowing in past sins. It should be made known to people who are still reeling after the effects of certain things that have already been done, committed, done, and dusted. People need to know that Christ has forgiven us. Last week, we did it in Bible studies, that Christ became the mediator between God and man. And he reconciled the world back to God through his blood. And that is the essence of resurrection. People need to know that Christ has forgiven us of our sins. And because he has forgiven us of our sins, we qualify to have a relationship with him just by proclaiming him as Lord and personal Savior. But that will not happen without repentance. You see, everything that we will preach about will always have to go back to repentance. Change your mind on who is going to be your God. Change your mind on who is going to be the source of salvation. Remission of sins. Christ has forgiven us our sins. And because Christ has forgiven us of our sins, we enjoy certain benefits. You know, the forgiveness of sins opened an avalanche of blessings. Some of the blessings is we are not under a curse. When you understand that Christ has forgiven you of your sins, you are absorbed and expunged out of every curse in the name of Jesus. You should not be talking about the sins of my father, the sins of my mother are after me. Do you understand forgiveness of sins? If Christ forgives us of sins, curses are now and they, are, they don't exist. And therefore, we should be able to come to that realization that we have experienced the forgiveness of sins. And if we have experienced the forgiveness of sins, it is the end of the reign of curse. One of the things we have to know is that the forgiveness of sins also brought the blessing of healing. Do you know why God still heals? Personally, I strongly believe in healing. Why? Because we are in the season of the forgiveness of sins. Do you know that when Jesus was on this earth, he even prized the forgiveness of sins above healing? Jesus doesn't even see healing more precious than the forgiveness of sins. He saw the forgiveness of sin much more higher than healing. And Jesus told the man who the four friends broke the roof and dropped him down. That, let me let you know that I can heal you. That first and foremost, I have the power to forgive you of your sins. That is why you deserve a healing. So therefore, thank God for the forgiveness of sins. It has also brought into effect the force and the power 
of the healing of sicknesses and diseases. That's why David wrote in Psalm 103 that we should bless the Lord at all times and we should not forget his benefits. And what are the benefits? He listed it. He said his benefits, he forgives our iniquities and he heals all our sicknesses and diseases. Forgiveness of sins is very linked and directly correlated to the healing of sicknesses and diseases. Therefore, if you are here and you are struggling with any type of sickness, I pray healing upon you. I pray that be healed in the name of Jesus. Receive your deliverance from that deadly disease in the name of Jesus. That sickness will not kill you. That disease has no power to torment you and lets you live in fear and cripple you. I hereby declare by the power of God that you are healed. Why? Because we are in the season of the remission of sins. Christ has forgiven us of our sins. When Christ died that shameful death and when he was nailed on the cross, guess what? All our sins that we committed was also nailed on the cross. Why? So that we will not be sick again so that we can walk in the healing and in the divine health that God has apportioned for us. Refuse not to be sick. Don't succumb to sickness. Don't succumb to that diagnosis. Why? Because the Bible lets us know that because of his resurrection, forgiveness of sins have to be preached. And the blessings that is associated with the forgiveness of sins is that Christ is in the business of not just healing us of our sin, he is also in the business of healing us of our diseases and sicknesses. Be healed. Be healed from the sickness that killed your father. Be healed from the sickness that plagues your mother's house. Be healed from generational sicknesses. Be healed from sicknesses of the atmosphere. Be healed from lifestyle sicknesses and lifestyle choices. Maybe it, it might not even come from your father or your family's background, but maybe it's just as a result of lifestyle. Be healed because Christ has forgiven you of sins. And ladies and gentlemen, it is our job that as we celebrate the resurrection, we have to make known the forgiveness of sins. It has to be noised abroad. We don't have to keep quiet. If Christ has indeed resurrected, preach to people the forgiveness of sins. If Christ has indeed resurrected, preach to people the restoration of peace. If Christ has indeed resurrected, lay hands on the sick and they will recover. If you really believe in the resurrection, today I hereby tell you, because of Christ's resurrection, we have been forgiven of our sins. And the sign that shows that we have been forgiven of our sins is that we are delivered from curses. We have been delivered from sicknesses and diseases. It's very important to know that Christ just doesn't care about our spiritual standing in front of God the Father. Christ also cares about our very well-being. We have been healed. We've been delivered. Therefore, remission of sins have to be broadcasted and made known. Refuse not to succumb to sickness. Coming to Christianity doesn't mean you will not be sick. But if ever, perchance, you are diagnosed with something deadly or something terminal, refuse to succumb to it. 
because you have been forgiven of your sins. And if God has seen it fit and just enough to forgive you of your sins, just because he let his son go through a painful and a shameful death, what is healing of the body? What are curses? It has to be made known. Christ has forgiven us. And because I'm forgiven, oh, thank you that I qualify to receive every blessing because I'm forgiven. Thank you that my health and my well-being is catered and taken care of. There are many Christians who would die in sickness, not because it is the will of God for them to die in sickness, but because you didn't know the truth or you knew the truth and you were just scared to emphasize and stand on the truth boldly. Maintain your confession. You are healed because Christ has forgiven you. You are delivered from every curse because Christ has forgiven you. Don't let us celebrate this resurrection and let it just pass and you are still walking in curses and you are still subjected to sicknesses and diseases. Overcome. Triumph. That is why he resurrected. The third thing that we see here is he has sent the promise of the Father to us. I love that. Prior to Luke chapter 24, there was nobody who could say had the Holy Spirit, even though they experienced the presence of the Holy Spirit. They experienced the influence of the Holy Spirit. They knew of the Holy Spirit. In fact, they couldn't even see him as a person. In the Old Testament, they saw him more as a sensation, more as a force, more as an influence. But when you read the Bible from the New Testament, the Holy Spirit is not seen as a force, influence, or even as anointing. The Holy Spirit is seen as a person. There are three things you have to know about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God. Number two, the Holy Spirit shares in the attributes of God. Number three, the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. So the Holy Spirit is God. And the Bible lets us know that because of his resurrection, the promise of the Father, who is the Holy Spirit, has been sent to us. Why? So that we will inherit God. Have, have you forgotten Romans chapter 8? The Bible lets us know that we are joint heirs with Christ and we are heirs of God. Oh, I thank God that I didn't inherit a mansion. Because as sprawling and as beautiful and as exquisite the mansion is, anything can destroy it. From a tornado to an earthquake. Thank you, I've not received that. Thank you that the inheritance, the promise of the Father was not money. Oh, we love money. But inflation rates, the currency dropping, it can all affect this. And money will become useless. Thank God that it's not any earthly thing, but I've inherited God. And how do I know I've inherited God? Because I have the Holy Spirit who dwells in me. Thanks be to God that the Holy Spirit has checked out, the presence of God checked out from the Ark of the Covenant, from the temple that was built by the hands of men, and he now dwells in temples of men. That's why Apostle Paul could say boldly in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, 
don't you know that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit and you have been bought with a price? He asked them. That's why don't commit sins of the body because this body is not just a body now that has, has a slab of clay. This body now is the place where the Holy Spirit dwells. Oh, thank you, Lord, for the Holy Spirit. Thank you that, no, we don't see the Holy Spirit as a force. We don't just see the Holy Spirit as an influence. We don't just see the Holy Spirit as power or anointing. We see the Holy Spirit as a real person who fellowships with us. And when we do John chapter 14, Jesus Christ now begins to unveil the mystery of who the Holy Spirit is. It's not just a force. He's not just power. He's not just influence. He's a real person. He is God. He shares in the attributes of God. And he's the third person of the Trinity. He coexists with God since creation unto eternity past. That is the Holy Spirit. And the Bible lets us know that the Holy Spirit is near to us. Do you know why the Holy Spirit now has close proximity with us? The Holy Spirit now has close proximity with us because of resurrection. And then the last thing, power. We have been called not to a cold, lifeless religion. Yes, there is a certain part of Christianity that has orthodoxy. But it just doesn't end at orthodoxy. Christianity also has power. And I like the word power in the Greek. It means dynamite. It has power. It has the explosion of dynamite. Christianity is dynamic. Thank God that we serve a God who is dynamic. It's not just orthodoxy, but he is dynamic. And thank God that we are in the season of power where power will be endued upon all of us. And this power is not just available for pastors. It's not just available for uh, ministry gifts. This power is available to all who believe. Uh, all who believe. The Bible says in Luke 10, 19, that the Lord has given us power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and they will by no means hurt us. It's not an exclusive power. It's inclusive. Because of res resurrection, we don't walk like timid mice. We don't walk like lame ducks. We walk endued and empowered because of his resurrection. And because of that, rebuke sicknesses. Because of that, rebuke the works of the devil. Because of that, don't give the devil breathing room. Don't give him breathing space to harass and attack your family again. Because of this power, don't give him breathing room or space to attack your finances again. Because of the power that Christ has vested and given to you by reason of him resurrecting, learn how to exercise your power in the name of Jesus. Why is it your power? Because the Lord gave it to you and learn how to exercise it. Exercise it by speaking. Exercise it by making good confessions. Exercise it by speaking in tongues. Exercise it by standing on the word of God. Exercise it by taking communion. Exercise it by mentioning the name of Jesus. Because the Bible says that at the mention of the name Jesus, 
Every knee will bow and every tongue shall confess. Exercise that power. You have that power. Exercise that power. Learn how to command things. If things are not right, learn how to speak forth the word of God to that situation. You have power. You have power. I came to tell you that because of his resurrection, power has been endured from on high. We have been empowered so that we will be able to trample upon every work of the devil. We have also been empowered so that we will be able to go forth and minister the gospel to our work colleagues like what Pastor Robert taught us today. You have power. Therefore, don't see that you are alone. You have power. You are not powerless. You've been empowered. A believer who says that he is powerless has made foolish the resurrection of Christ. And today, none of us should make foolish the resurrection of Christ. Today, I just want you to change how you see the resurrection from an event. From just a random Sunday in April or the last Sunday of March to now seeing it as part of my Christian experience. It is the bane of Christianity. Because of his resurrection, repentance has to be preached. We have been committed the gospel of changing people's minds about who God is. It's not a wicked God. He's a God of love. Because of his resurrection, we have to make known the remission of sins. And how many of us know today that if Christ has forgiven us of our sins, it also means we are no longer under a curse. It also means sicknesses and diseases will not come near our earthly dwelling or our earthly tent, which is our body. Because of his resurrection, we can say that we have experienced the housing of the Holy Spirit in us. He is not in the Ark of the Covenant. He's checked out. He now lives in us. Because of his resurrection, we can say we have been endued with power from on high. Remember these four points. Because of resurrection, these four blessings have been made available to us so that we will be able to serve God in freedom, we will be able to serve God in liberty. And, we will, and whilst we are serving God too, we are also enforcing the victory that Christ obtained at Calvary for you and me. Today I pray that the reign of the devil over your life comes to an end because of his resurrection. You will not struggle for peace anymore because of his resurrection. If you know that your sins are forgiven, you deserve peace. Because of his resurrection, you will not be afraid that you will die prematurely. Because if you believe in the power of the remission of sins, you will believe you deserve healing. That's why we don't just have to limit the crucifixion, the death, the burial and the resurrection of Christ just to Easter because it's our life. It has to be expounded upon 
because it's the pain and the very existence of Christianity. I say it again, because of his resurrection, repentance has been made available. Because of his resurrection, remission of sins have been made available and it has to be published and broadcasted and out. Because of his resurrection, oh, you and I are the temples of the Holy Spirit. It has to be made known. When you receive Christ as your Lord and personal Savior, the Holy Spirit now lives on the inside of you. He doesn't live in a church. He doesn't live under this table. I remember many years ago, before I went to a good church, I went to a very bad church. And there was a table like this, with a very long curtain. We never looked underneath, because they said, that is where God is. That is where God is. But thanks be to God that when we started going to a good church and the skills of religion came off our eyes, we realized that God doesn't dwell in a table with a long curtain, white curtain underneath, but he dwells here. We have exclusive rights. And those days, the church that I used to go, we always saw that it was only the, it was even a priestess, not even a priest, a woman. She deceived us. You know, whenever I read Jezebel, I really remember that woman. I, I hope she repented or whatever but 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 she she always made it known that she was the only person that had access to the presence of god but because of his resurrection there is nothing like exclusivity all of us qualify to receive the holy spirit it has to be made known because of his resurrection we have been endued with power the kingdom of god is not in word only but it's in power Today, destroy some works of the devil. Today, make known the end of the reign of Satan and his demonic activities. Because you have learned that because of his resurrection, have been endued with power. Father, I have word of prayer. Thank you, Lord. Today, I thought that I need to pray for people who are sick. If you are sick, just stay after service. Don't log off. I'll just pray for only those who are sick, who are believing God for healing. Amen. But let's pray. Thank God for what you've heard this morning. Because of his resurrection, there is every cause for us to rejoice. That's why there is buzz about Resurrection Sunday. We have every reason to rejoice and say, thank you, Lord. We give you praise. Mando siba asolido shaka sokayanda Oh, thank you, Lord. It is because the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of us. That's why we qualify to receive his gifts. And some of the gifts are speaking in tongues. We can fully express the gifts of the Spirit because of his resurrection, because his Spirit lives on us. If we can have the presence of the Spirit, what are the presents or the gifts? Decide to walk in total victory. I pray that today may some people experience the restoration of the authority that God has entrusted to the believer. You had it, but you lost it. For some of you too, you didn't know that there is something called authority. Today, may you receive authority because you have power from on high.
Thank you, Lord, for what we've heard. We give you praise. Take glory, Father. Take glory, Son. We receive the blessing of resurrection. Oh, Father, today we just say forwards because of your resurrection. May it change everything about our Christian work and our Christian experience from today. In Jesus' name, amen.